Vengeance. Here's your race team for today. Show producer, Ronnie Black. Track reporter and racing insider, Nelson Crozier. Former NASCAR team manager and author, Greg Moore. Now, here's your host for Start Your Engines. Racing historian and author, Perry Allen Wood. Good morning, race fans, and welcome to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg. And it really is a nice-looking day out there. We might actually get something done outdoors for a change on a on a Saturday. Um, Ronnie, good to see you this morning. He says, sure is. Alan, good morning to you. Good morning. Greg, how you doing? Well, I'm just glad I'm here. Well, I'm glad I you are. I was scared you not to be, but I guess that I'm here, I'm doing better. And I thought, well, it is a beautiful day. It is a beautiful day. Let me say right off the bat that we have a short show today. We uh, only going to be on till 10.53, so uh, Ryan Clary can call Presbyterian Blue Holes Baseball against the Brown Bears, a little Ivy League action down in Clinton, South Carolina. So uh, we're going to zip through everything we got to talk about as quickly as possible. And our guest will be Nelson Crozier, who we're going to have on 20 minutes earlier at 1020 to tell us about what's going on out at Las Vegas. I think he's there, but I'm not sure about that. And uh, before we get rushed at the end of the show and I don't get a chance to do it, I'm going to thank Lanny McKinney right off the top of the bat uh, to... uh, to tell him how much we appreciate him doing our podcast and our, our website and everything that he does for us. Appreciate it, Lanny. You do a great job. So, um, last week at Atlanta was not the most exciting race I've ever seen. It wasn't the dullest, but it was, um, it did get close there to finish with um, get the winner, who was Keselowski, who wasn't feeling very good. I've always heard there's nothing to make you feel better than getting out there and winning the race, which he did. But Martin Truex kind of made it interesting there. He was like six or seven or eight seconds behind there with 20 laps to go, and he whittled it down to like a few car lengths and uh, actually made it pretty close to the finish. And I think he might have even passed Keselowski if he'd had a few more laps. But uh, that's the way that went. And the Xfinity race the day before, uh, Jeremy Clements actually finished a couple of laps behind in 18th place so that was a lot better than the last he ran at daytona and uh, christopher bell won that race so uh, we're gonna jump right on over here so we can get all of this stuff in with a beautiful day we've got out there right now it looks like a lot of the local tracks will be racing and especially over at cherokee so uh gonna bring in alan hill here to tell us uh what's on tap for today and tomorrow looks pretty bad but i think we're gonna go today all right Yep, we sure will. Uh, today, we're going to open up with this March Madness. Gates are going to open today at 11 o'clock. We're going to have a driver's meeting at 1, and then we're going to start racing over today. Tomorrow, which is going to be Sunday, he's going he's gonna to open the gates at 10 a.m., 12.30. He's going to try to have him a drive quick driver's meeting, and he's going to start getting this racing in so that we can try to beat this rain for this uh, Southern All-Star Series. He's got a bunch of boys scheduled that's already kind of posted that they're going to be over there today. I mean, tomorrow, which is uh, Scott Bloomquist, Chris Madden, Ross Bales, Trent Ivey, and a brand-new Longhorn chassis, Clements Engine, which Clements is a local engine builder here in Spartanburg. 
does a real good job. Builds a lot of engines, doesn't he? Yes, sir. He builds a lot of good engines. And you know, you know, I mean, to be a local driver, I mean, local engine man building some pretty good powerhouse motors for these boys that travels, that's something, you know, that's be, proud, that's be proud abs- about. Absolutely. Like I said, he'll try to get all this in, so you need to get there early. Try to support him, because I know he's kind of sweating a few bullets out there trying to beat this rain. So he is trying his best to get this race in before this rain comes in tomorrow afternoon. Yeah, tomorrow looks like a washout. Tomorrow tomorrow looks like a washout, but like I said, just as soon as he can... There's a church about a half mile down the road. He kind of honors that church just as soon as he sees them people walking out that door. He'll tell these boys to start cranking these motors up. Let's get this, let's get this show on the road, and he'll tell you that just as soon as one one series or one division's on the racetrack, for the other divisions to be lining up to be next in line, and he will try to make his show quick so that he can beat this rain and get everybody back out of that racetrack before it does become a mess. All right. Also at Harris, Harris is going to have their first practice session on March sixteenth which is going to be in two weeks. But before then, we got Traveler's Rest. They're going to hold their open practice session on March 9th, which is next Saturday. Okay. Today at Gaffney Speedway, they're going to have these Thunder Series late models. They're going to have the Renegade, Extreme 4, Young Guns, Pure Stock, and Thunder Bombers. So there'll be a lot of good racing going on today. For these people, it's been kind of... Locked up in the house all winter long. Today's going to be your chance to see some racing. They're going to turn them loose. They're going to turn them loose, and it's, it sounds good to hear some cars running. Now, how late do they go? As late as they can. As They'll have light. They got lights on it. Yeah, they got lights. <laughs> uh, but there's no kind of... Uh, there's no curfew. No curfew. There's no curfew whatsoever at Gaffney. It's just kind of an honor agreement that... Now, you know, tomorrow morning at 9 o'clock... He'll probably, if you still running tomorrow morning at 9 o'clock, he'll probably cut them off for a little while. Well, that preacher will be over there. <laughs> yeah, the preacher will be over there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, like I say, going to be a lot of good racing today. I don't know what to track. You know, he's been working at racetrack as hard as he possibly can, but everybody knows how much rain we had yesterday around here. So uh, It has rained a lot. It has rained a lot. He is doing his best, and, you know, for a man to be doing his best out there, and you know that the racetrack's not going to be in perfect condition today. I mean, it's just a plain out fact, but he's going to try to get this racing in. Well, it's, it's like I've always said, and you said last week, it's a science it's to a, maintain a dirt track ride. It's, it's a science. It, it, it's, as a matter of fact, it's too long to sit here and explain. And you also, you just got to have a, just a little bit of pretty weather so that you can get this equipment out on the racetrack to work the racetrack. I'm still fascinated with putting the, the soap in the water truck. In the... Well, they'll, they'll probably be soap on it today. Yeah. He, he'll try to try to keep his stuff. Don't get me wrong. The grandstands over there at Gaffney are kind of higher above the racetrack. And when you have this much rain, and the, and the rain has to run across that racetrack, and it will cut a rut in that racetrack. And whenever you've got that rut in that racetrack, it's just hard to put stuff in it. Well, you seen it on NASCAR where the track is broke up and they try to go out there and try to put epoxy in it yeah. and let let it kind of set up a little bit. But 
On dirt, it's just a little bit different situation. I bet they've been working on that track since before the sun came up. Oh, he was out there last night with the lights going. Was he? Yep. I didn't know what time it quit raining. So, uh, but yep. uh, well, that's a uh, a lot for the local fans to uh, to take in, and um, it's going to be a good weekend to get out there or a good day. I don't think tomorrow's going to be too good, but uh, tomorrow will be a great day to stay inside and watch the Las Vegas race. Which um, Is that all you got on that, Alan? That's pretty all except for TR. TR opens their practice next Saturday, March 9th. Traveler's Rest. Traveler's Rest Speedway. Okay. All right. Thank you, Alan. Thank you jump you. in any place, but we wanted to make sure we, uh, on our abbreviated show, we got everything in about what was happening locally. And, uh, and that's what we got Alan for, and that's another great job he did. Um, I'm sort of glad I didn't waste any time at all watching the truck race last night. Um, uh, you said you saw a little of it, Alan. Um, Kyle Busch was on the pole. Kyle Busch led 110 of 134 laps, and Kyle Busch won the race. And uh, I mean, that I'm, I'm glad I watched what I watched, which was the movie Grand Prix <laughs> that was on 11 o'clock yesterday morning on Turner Classics. I told you last week how much I like old movies, and that was a good one. I think it was a lot better than the truck race. I could be wrong. I had, there was a good bit of racing going on, but as far as Kyle for Bush, second, yeah, for <laughs> second, you look at second, third, fourth, and stuff like that. But mostly, it was the Kyle Busch show last night, and he can't even. Uh, I mean, he's not eligible to win the point championship. No, so uh, the H po- wins and stuff like that. So he's won two of the first three races, but Grant Enfinger is the um, the points leader, and. Um, in the trucks with Harrison Burton. That's uh, Jeff Burton's son. He's second. Austin Hill, who won at Daytona's third. Stuart Friesen, who's the only other guy that led last night. No, he led 20 laps last night. Is fourth. And Brett Moffitt, who finished second last night, is fifth. So that's about it for the trucks. They'll all be going. I do, I, I do like having the trucks Friday, Xfinity, Saturday, and the Cup on Sunday. And uh, I think we do it again next week at, at, at uh, Phoenix. So uh, that's uh, that's the way that went down. Xfinity, like I said earlier, Christopher Bell won last week. With uh, this was at Atlanta, which they got it in, and they got the truck race in after that, and it was a foggy, foggy deal. I mean, those long shots with the camera, it was kind of kind of hard to pick them up through all the haze and everything. And of course, Kyle Busch won the truck race last week, so he's got two in a row. But in the Xfinity race, which um, was on before the truck race, they got everything in. Um, Christopher Bell was the winner. Cole Custer was second. And um, Christopher Bell, of course, drives for Joe Gibbs. So he's probably going to be moving up one of these days because he's too good to stay where he is. Justin Allgaier was third. Brandon Jones, fourth, who also drives for Gibbs. And Tyler Reddick was fifth. As I said, um, Jeremy Clements started 17th, finished 18th, had a lot better day than he did at Daytona when he finished next to last, I think. Um, he picked up some points. He still hasn't moved into the uh, the top, uh, what have I got here, top 20 in points. So, But with some more finishes like this, he will, uh, he will start appearing up there. And the points for the Xfinity guys are Christopher Bell is first, Brandon Jones second. Justin Allgaier, third, Kyler, Tyler Reddick, fourth, and Cole Custer, fifth. And like I said, next week they will be at um, Phoenix. Phoenix, be at Phoenix. And in the cup, in the qualifying yesterday, which we're going to have Nelson on here in just a few minutes to talk about it. And and uh, Alan was telling me some very interesting 
wacky stuff that happened in qualifying yesterday. But the qualifying was uh, held and last yesterday evening, I believe it was, wasn't it? Yes, sir. And um, Kevin Harvick won the pole. Denny Hamlin remains hot, qualifying second. Kyle Busch third. Austin Dillon was fourth. Daniel Hemrick fifth. Kind of a surprise. David Reagan was sixth. Uh, Kyle Larson will start seventh. Stenhouse eighth. Jimmy Johnson's ninth. Good start for him. And Logano is tenth. So, uh, looks like we've got uh, um, uh, 38 cars out there. And we have people like Kurt Busch starting way back in 28th. And um, Newman is 29th. So, he's got some pretty good cars back there towards the towards the tail end of the field. So, um, that will be tomorrow at 3.30. The Xfinity race, if I may back up a second, the Xfinity boys run today at 4. So, uh, we have actually got Nelson on the phone. So, let's take a break, and we're going to come back and talk to him. And you're listening to Start Your Engine on Fox Sports Spartanburg. There's no points racing here. Greg, Perry, Ronnie, and Nelson are racing to win. You're listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports 1498.3 FM. Steve and Jerry here from the world-famous Beacon Drive-In in Spartanburg. The Beacon has served over 300 menu selections of burgers, barbecue, chicken, fish, and more for over 70 years. Jerry, what's been the most popular? Chili cheese, I ain't flat tie. I need flounder. Cheeseburger like a burger, make it cry. Give me a bacon whip, no trim. <laughs> Had a feeling you'd say that. Join Steve and Jerry at the world-famous Beacon Drive-In, John B. White Senior Boulevard in Spartanburg. I ain't tie. Speedy Lube and Inman says to save time is to lengthen life for you and your car. Let Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway, and Inman lengthen the life and performance of your vehicle. Speedy Lube offers professional ASC certified mechanical service for your car. Be it an oil change, AC work, tires, brakes, front end, or any type of major or minor repair. Trust Speedy Lube in Inman. Open weekdays from 8 till 6. For fast, fair, and friendly service, visit Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway in Inman. Hey, man, you looking for good, clean, late-night fun? Boy, do we have a show for you. I'm KB, and I host Up Late, Planet Earth's only late-night, locally-produced, mid-market sports talk show. So habit-forming, you can't fall asleep without it. Up Late with KB, weeknights at 11, only on Fox Sports 1400 and 98.3 FM. Every now and then, we need to get away and relax. And there's no better way than spending time at the lake. Watery Lake RV Park and Marina in Liberty Hill, South Carolina, is the perfect place to decompress. At Watery Lake RV, enjoy full hookups, a bathhouse, bar and grill, and a boat ramp marina with ethanol-free gas. Hookups available on nightly, weekly, or monthly. Watery Lake RV Park and Marina in Liberty Hill, where families get away. Mention Fox Sports 1400 and get 5% off your stay up to three days. Call 803-273-3013. Are you sick of all the cookie-cutter, boring barbershops? If so, you need to visit the Ironspur Barber Company in Hillcrest Shopping Center. At the Ironspur Barber Company, professionalism and customer service is their top priority. Owner A.J. West makes sure that every customer gets exactly the haircut they want when they sit in his chair. So if you want to get your hair cut like you like it and in a fun man cave-like environment, then give AJ a call at 864-466-5289. The Ironsburg Barber Company offers military and first responder discounts and everyone is always welcome, even Clemson fans. First-time visitors mention this ad and get $5 off. Call for an appointment today at 466-5289. The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Weekdays from noon till 3 on Spartanburg's Fox Sports 1400. Now on FM at 98.3. Yeah! 
what that is. I don't think that's Nelson's normal beginning or his uh, his, his lead in. But anyway, Nelson, how you doing, buddy? Today? Nelson, you out there? Uh, no, I'm back in North Carolina right now. Okay, all right. Well, we, um, from what I understand, uh, we had some pretty wacky goings on in qualifying yesterday that I want to find out about. But what was your impression of Atlanta? Um from what I'm hearing, that that track is so different from the other tracks, you really couldn't tell all that much about the new uh, rules package. Uh, well, the total rules package was, was not in place in Atlanta either. Uh, uh, each track is different this year, uh, you know, with the rules. Atlanta, they had none of, none of the front air ducts were in use, uh, you know, where they take air in from the front and exit it out in front of the tire. Uh, those were in use uh, this weekend uh, at Las Vegas. Horsepower at Atlanta and Las Vegas was limited to 450 horsepower. And uh, both of them have the 8 inch spoiler, as well as some other uh, differences. Uh, I thought the race at Atlanta was pretty good. Uh, the fact that the surface is worn, the drivers love it because they've got to drive the cars. Uh, some of the drivers with this new rules package say, hey, it takes a driver out of the car, you know, uh, you can put a monkey in it. Uh, so it's just your opinion. But so far as qualifying, most of the comments were negative. Yeah, and uh, but it was a good finish. I mean, the uh, Keselowski wasn't feeling very well, and best medicine. <laughs> yeah, so his wife as well, and um, but I think the about the best medicine is to run good in the race, and he did, and had a pretty comfortable lead there with twenty laps to go, and uh, Truex started running him down, and might have gotten past him in a few more laps, but he did go from like many seconds behind to pretty much right on his back bumper. Right, well, uh, Truex was kind of upset. Uh, you know, with the 17 car uh, being a lap down, he said he should have moved out of the way. No, uh, racing, you know, you hold your line. Uh, as Bill Francino told Bud one time, uh, Bud was complaining about all these back markers being in the way. He said, Bud, those back markers are what makes your car look good. And, you know, if you're driving down the highway, you don't have a clear shot. Uh, you've got to maneuver around other cars. So it should be the same way on the racetrack. Yeah, and I, re- I heard him say that after the race when I interviewed him on Pit, Ra- Pit Road, and I thought it was kind of whiny, him saying that he had the best car. And I, you know, I'm like, well, if you had the best car, you should have won the race. Don't, uh, you know, get around him one way or the other, move him out of the way, and um, and, and go on about your business. But So we're out in Las Vegas now, which will have the entire rule package in place. Is that correct? Uh, that is correct. Uh, now, at some of the tracks, uh, we will again not have the uh, your front air unless uh, your ducts air out by the tire, uh, which in theory uh, you know puts uh, more of a hole in the air. But uh, the time will tell. But it's going to be interesting because it looks like you have to team up with somebody to have the best car. Well, Nelson, all this is fine and good, but. That's not the most important thing that happened this week. This week in racing, 
happy birthday. Well, thank you. I hope, you, I hope you've had a good one. Yeah, I think I'm officially an old man now. <laughs> well, I'm right behind you. I'll never catch you, but I'm right behind you. Before the time gets away from us, uh, congratulations on your birthday. Congratulations, I guess, on winning last week, picking Keselowski, who had to come from way back after not feeling so well. So you're on top of the point standings with one, and none of the rest of us have any. So, uh I'm not going to let you go first this week. I'm going to let Alan Hill, because he comes in late every week and has to take the leftovers. So, uh, Alan, who do you like? Well, I, I guess I'm going to have to go with that four car. Uh, Kevin th- Hart. He's taking Harvick, who's on the pole. Uh, Greg? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this one more week. I'm going to go with Kyle Busch. Kyle Busch is bound to win one sooner or later. Um, all right, Nelson, go ahead. Um. I think we'll go ahead and stick with the two car again. I was afraid you would, but I was going to let you take it anyway. Um, let me look at the start line up here. Ronnie, who you like? Well, y'all keep picking the cars that I'm going to pick, so uh, I'm going to have to think a minute, too. Let's see. Well, I tell you what, he finished so good last week, I'm going to take Truex. Okay. He's got Truex, and I guess I'll take, uh, well... I don't think it's going to be any, anybody, the, any of these guys up front. I probably, I'm sort of leaning towards Larson, but you know what? I'm going to take Chase Elliott because that's who my daughter likes. So, you took Truex, mm-hmm. and I'll take uh, Chase Elliott. Uh, Nelson, um, Alan was telling me something uh, out there in the lobby before the show about um, the wacky uh, things that went on with the qualifying. Alan, why don't you talk to Nelson about that? Well, Nelson, since you're not out in Las Vegas, if you watched it on TV, you probably got about as good a view of it as I did on TV about this. Uh, with a minute, 30 seconds left to go, the last 12 cars all tried to start out there and get on that racetrack. You didn't want to be the first one out. You kind of wanted to be with your group of people like Fords, Toyotas, Chevrolets, but you wanted to be about the third one in line. Did you see that the way I did? Yeah, it looked like the third or fourth car in line probably had the best shot. Uh, unless your car was set up a little bit differently, like uh, the children's cars, they were fast by themselves or in a pair. Uh, but by going out late, you want to make sure nobody was able to make another lap uh, after you did yours, uh, and you'll bump you out. That was the reason for everybody waiting. Yep. Uh, the, actually, the the two fastest cars did not get across the start-finish line before they called qualifying off. Did you see that, too? Uh, yes, that, uh, that's correct. But, you know, they were gambling. They wanted to be the last ones. Well, they missed it by a couple of seconds. But, again, that's why everybody wanted to wait. Because the later you went out, the faster you were going to be. Yep. Nelson, is this kind of game gamesmanship... Uh, chess game on pit road with the cars and uh, i mean do you think this is good for the sport or is this something they will address and i mean I, you no, know I we had it last year at one point and they addressed it so it didn't happen anymore and i think we're going to see a change uh whether it's you know tv of course wants a one-hour qualifying show so by sending the cars out one at a time that's kind of hard to do uh but I think we're going to make some sort of change, whether it's two qualifying sessions instead of three. But, uh, you know, the kind of qualifying they had yesterday, very few people liked it. Yeah. 
I don't know if you saw it the way I did, but I thought Austin Dillon in that three car actually had the fastest car, but he just could not get in the right position going out on that last qualifying deal. Right. Well, uh, both the three car and the eight car were very fast by themselves or as a pair. Uh, but they weren't quite as fast as the other cars when they were in a four-car pack. And they are teammates. That is correct. Yeah. You but know, uh, one thing it does show that, that the ECR engine shop has really stepped up the game and they've got good horsepower this year. I was going to ask you now, I'm looking at the... Harvick took the pole at 180 miles an hour, 180.517, and how does that compare to uh, the track record or, or what they ran last year? I really don't know uh, how the new rule package affected the speeds. It slowed them up about a second and a half. What's that translate in miles an hour? Uh, I think they were about uh, 188 last year. I, I, I didn't check to be sure. Uh, but uh, the biggest thing there, look at the difference between the pole uh, and the 36th spot. Well, first of all, 37, 38 never took a time. But 36 spot is over 20 miles an hour slower than the pole speed. Yeah, so, I look, I'm looking at that 159. I didn't really notice that. That's uh, They're going to lap him in about three laps. Yeah, I mean, uh, there's a big disparity. And not just one or two cars back there. Uh, but, you know, there are a number of cars that are, uh, you know, uh, 176 or slower. You're correct. Parker Klingerman, let's see, from Corey LaJoy's at 177, Landon Castle, Parker Klingerman, Cody Ware, B.J. McLeod, Matt Tiff, Joey Gaze, and like you said, Reed Swordson and Ross Chastain don't even have times down here, but they're all 176 or lower, which, uh, you know, that's a pretty big disparity there from um, from the poll. I just, this, it, they're going to be, they're going to be some lapping, there's going to be lap traffic. Um, you know, the rolling chicanes are going to be out there. The rolling chicane, yep. Um, Greg, did you have something you wanted to add there? We, we may have addressed it, but I don't think so. Obviously, Atlanta had very, very poor uh, wore-out track. And Las Vegas, I think, probably has better. How do you think these cars are going to be affected between... Wore out racetracks and freshly paved racetracks. Is that going to help this package or make it worse? Well, well, in Atlanta, the biggest deal was the worn out track is very abrasive on tires. Uh, Vegas is very smooth and it's very easy on tires. So uh, at Atlanta, everybody took four tires every pit stop that was in contention. Uh, tomorrow, I think you're going to see a lot of cars uh, may come in either no tires or two tires because uh, the tires are not going to be that big a factor. Well, from what I've seen, it looks like they're putting some of this back into the driver's hands as far as racing. From what I've seen yesterday during practice session, some of these boys were loose. Some of them were complaining the whole time. And I heard one crew chief, he just said, could you tell me what's good about my race car? (laughs) (laughs) Well... You know, again, there was a wide disparity there. Uh, the season drivers complaining that the cars are too easy to drive. Uh, and, you know, some of them just plain missed the setup. Uh, because going from a, a three-inch spoiler to an eight-inch spoiler alone makes a dramatic difference. And then you, you cut the horsepower almost in half. Uh, it affects the throttle response. 
and some of them, rather than uh, getting off the throttle, they just ride the brake going into the turn to slow the car down. That way it keeps uh, the engine up to speed. You know, I'm going to back up here for just a second. If you guys have something else to add about Las Vegas, feel free. But I, I got some further information with some reading I did since last week. And I was, you know, pretty hard on Michael McDowell about not helping uh, uh, Logano try to win the Daytona 500. But he came up with some good points um, that I read over the weekend because he, he was pretty much getting battered about that during the week. And he said, look. They, uh, Penske and Stuart Haas, they don't tell us when they're going to pit. They don't share any information with us. You know, uh, we, we have to pit on our own or just, just see when they're coming in and, and come in with them. So it's not like they're doing any, us any big favors. And, you know, yes, if I had gone with him, we probably would have won the race or finished a lot better. And if I had it to do over again, I would do it. But it's got nothing to do with, with the loyalty because they don't care a flip about us. They, uh, that they don't share any information whatsoever, and so I thought that was that was a different perspective. Than, and now I see more where he's coming from, and I apologize for being so tough on him. Well, uh, I disagree with most of that. Uh, you know, they get a lot more information from the Ford camp. Uh, Ford gives them a tremendous amount of support, a tremendous amount of information. Uh, so far as when they're pitting and whatever. Uh, Stuart Haas doesn't get with uh, Penske and say, hey, we're going to pit. Anybody up in the spotter stand, they can communicate with each other. And uh, McDowell's uh, spotter could go over to Penske's spotter and say, hey, uh, when you go to pit so we can come with you. Uh, It was a lack of communication there, and it sure put a sour taste in the Ford officials' mouth. The amount of uh, support they're giving that team and for him to uh, mouth off like that uh, was not a good thing. Okay. Well, you've changed my mind. I'm going back to <laughs> my original stance. I'm I, I, I'm pretty wishy-washy on this one, I guess, because you keep you know hearing different things. But I tell you what, I go with what Nelson says every time. That's what I'm going to do. I thought Perry was really being humble, and, and it started to make a lot of sense. I retract my apology. And when Nelson comes back and says what he does, and he's there and knows all the tricks and radios, then I'm going with Nelson. I'm going with Nelson. I will, too. Hey, you know what, Nelson? I was thinking about you last night. Instead of watching the truck race, I watched the movie Grand Prix. And when they, as soon as they went through through that tunnel at Monaco, I, I thought about you and, uh, and the downforce issue. Of course, in 1966, they didn't have a lot of downforce and wings, but uh, uh, I'm still blown away with uh, the lack of downforce because of the pressure in the tunnel. That was cool. Yeah. Um, you know, there's so much that, you know, no one human can comprehend everything that nature has. But uh, you just got to keep uh, studying, keep learning. And uh, the more you learn, then you have to learn how to apply it. Well, Nelson, next week we, uh, to jump ahead just a little bit, next week we go to Phoenix, what can we look for out there? They they reconfigured that track in that they moved the start-finish line, which they've already uh, raced on it once. But uh, what do you think about Phoenix? Well, uh, not only did they reconfigure, uh, reconfigure where the starting line was, uh, they've reconfigured all uh, the non-racing surface of the track. Uh, it's, a, it's a whole new facility, basically except for the racing surface. 
Well, one thing about it, Nelson, over the years, uh, you know, Phoenix wasn't ever one of my favorite racetracks. Uh, too dusty. They needed this, they needed to almost start from scratch, and that's what <laughs> you're essentially saying. So, uh, it's obviously got to be, be better because uh, it wasn't hitting on too much for years. Well, remember when we used to go uh, uh, stop there on the way back from Riverside, uh, you know, uh, and that made uh, you know a big deal uh, at that race at that time because uh, you know except for Riverside and you know later on Ontario, the river was nowhere the cup cars ran on the West Coast. Yeah, that's correct. Well, they. Um, I hope they. The improvements are for the better. We will find out next week. But now we got to get through uh, Las Vegas. I don't think there's any weather issues out there. I remember one year was it last year or the year before we had a sand issue with the with the sand blowing across the track and uh, and messing up the surface. Well, that's always a potential problem both uh, in Vegas and Phoenix. But uh, last week out in Phoenix, uh, in Vegas, they had about eight inches of snow. So you look at all the mountains out here, you know, they are snow-covered. Yeah, that, that, it, it's weird out there. You kinda, you're kind of in desert conditions, and you can have a sandstorm. And I know Nelson remembers at Phoenix we had one, and it covered the track up, us up. Uh, this was in like 89 or something, about 89, give or take a year or four. But... Um, <laughs> But yeah, we, we were all standing there, and we saw it coming, and they had to call off everything for for the rest of the day. I mean, you couldn't see nothing. I mean, everybody went back to the motel, and, and while well, the water was dust red, I mean, it, it, we spent more time trying to clean the dust off the next day of the cars. But uh, it it's for real. It's a factor. Wow. Let's put it that way. It's a factor. Uh, if, if you remember, we had the one year out in Ontario where they had that Santa Ana winds and the cars had disappeared to turn one and you could hear them going down the backstretch, but you couldn't see them. Uh, they came back off turn four and they reappeared like out of the fog, but it was just a dust storm. Yeah. I don't, I don't know what y'all keep on. This is Alan. But I don't know what y'all keep on complaining about dust for because if y'all come to Gaffney, we get red mud every week. Y'all got a lot. Y'all got a lot of dirt. We 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 trying to get down to that. We trying to get down to the asphalt, I guess. <laughs> well, you know, when you go out to Southern Arizona and they have those uh, sandstorms, and you have a rental car, and you come out of the sandstorm, uh, and it was a red rental car going in, and now it's a shiny steel car when you come out. <laughs> yeah. All the paint off the car. But Nelson, you was talking about the three car was being sufficed out there you know richard shoulders when he first started that boy off he was if they raced at darlington whenever he's racing at darlington in the trucks on saturday afternoon that saturday night he'd be at gaffney and he'd be in a super late model car over at gaffney he had that boy on dirt about every time he could possibly get that boy on dirt well uh, something we haven't mentioned uh they had the uh K&N race uh out uh, on the bull at the uh, at the dirt track there uh, in Las Vegas, and uh, Kelly Deegan won, uh, and she's leading the points in that series. But uh, you know, she didn't knock anybody out of the way, but she drove her way to the front. So uh, you know, 
she's another young talent that's coming up and uh, she's going to drive a half dozen races in Arca for uh, Bill Venerini and uh, you know she's got some other races lined up so you know she's a rising star we got to keep her eye on yeah I saw a little piece about her when they were down in Daytona well Nelson we got to go to a break but uh, man you sound great happy birthday and um Wonderful information as always, and we will talk to you next week uh, before Phoenix. Okay, sounds good. Enjoy the weekend, the race. Thank you. You too, Nelson. That's Nelson Crozier, who, Ronnie, is what? He's the smartest man I know. That's right. Smartest man we know, and that squeaking was me moving the microphone. So uh, we're going to take a break here. This is our last one, and then we come back. We're going to be coming off a of turn four down to the checkered flag because we don't have much show today. You're listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg. Start Your Engines will be back after this quick pit stop on Fox Sports 1498.3 FM. If you're riding around in your car listening to the game and your car radio sounds like this, and you want it to sound like this, there's the pass to Leitner. Puts it up. Then you need to visit Elite Audio on Asheville Highway. Elite Audio sells and installs premium audio systems for your vehicle. Car stereo speakers, DVD players, navigation systems, and so much more. So stop riding around listening to busted speakers and subpar audio quality. And visit Elite Audio today online at EliteAudioOnline.com. Elite Audio, 1504 Asheville Highway. You dream it, we build it. It's football season, which means it's time for tailgates. To make your tailgate number one, you need to visit Game Day Barbecue in Duncan. Game Day Barbecue has all your favorites, including pulled pork, smokehouse chicken, ribs, and brisket. Match any of those with their eight homemade sides like mac and cheese and potato salad, and you have a winning team. Game Day Barbecue, 165 West Main Street in Duncan, open from 10.30 a.m. till 8 p.m. Wednesday through Saturday. So stop in for lunch or dinner or give them a call at 864-249-6787 to cater your event or tailgate. Game Day Barbecue, we do things the old-fashioned way. Frank's for the Memories is a great hot dog place for lunch. Why Frank's for the Memories? Because hot dogs for the Memories just doesn't cut the mustard. Frank's for the Memories has more than great hot dogs. Enjoy a choice of four delicious bird dogs featuring a deep-fried chicken tender on a hot dog bun. Frank's for the Memories makes their homemade chili daily and has great signs like french fries, onion rings, and corn nuggets. Frank's for the Memories 468 Oak Grove Road next to Westview Elementary is open for lunch Monday through Saturday till 3.30 p.m. Frank's for the Memories. This is the home of the Garnet and Black. This is Gamecock Basketball. 4-3, yes! Oh, they are feeling it! It's the game winner just before the buzzer! That's the high-flying action all season long. Offensive rebound and a slam! Left side, yes! Matches and crushes! An amazing comeback, and you can put spurs on this one! Right here on your home for South Carolina basketball, the Gamecock IMG Sports Network. Welcome back to our final quick segment of Start Your Engines here at the Beacon Driving Studios in Spartanburg, South Carolina, around the world on the internet and on um, the app and AM 1400, FM 98.3. If I'm leaving something out, I probably am. But uh, we, uh, we're going to get away here pretty soon for, um, for baseball and uh Nelson said something just now about sandstorm, which makes me think of my alma mater, which reminds me that they beat Clemson last night 5-4, to four, which uh, I don't get to say South Carolina beat Clemson in anything too often. I think they play again um, this afternoon at some time, and it's a three-game series. The game this afternoon's in Greenville, 
but I don't think they're going to make it back to Columbia tomorrow. Uh, Sunday actually looks like a washout for the for the whole state. So we'll see how that comes out. But I, I saw some comparisons with the Clemson and South Carolina coaches comparing it to the college New York Yankee and Boston Red Sox, which I thought was a pretty good comparison. Um, I wanted to make one other comment about uh, my man Rami Malik won the Academy Award for Bohemian Rhapsody, which um, I was real happy about. In fact, it won four of the five awards it was up for, uh, two sound awards, and um, best. Uh, it was another uh, photo, uh, photography type video, whatever you call it. Uh, so um, it did it did real well. It didn't win best picture, but it wasn't supposed to. But um, other than falling off the stage with his Oscar after he won it, uh, Malik had a pretty successful, uh, pretty successful evening and a very humble speech. And I was glad to see, um, hear about that. This afternoon, um, uh, we've got Xfinity action at four o'clock. And tomorrow, and that's on FS1, and tomorrow on Fox, the, the mothership will have uh, the cup race at 3.30. So that's your, uh, and then next week we're getting real close to uh, everybody getting going. I think Indy starts on March 17th and Formula One on March 10th. So, so um, we're getting going. Greg? I just had one comment. Uh, a local guy, people watching TV last night. Uh, come on like at uh, 9 on Discovery Channel. But uh, our good drag race buddy from Boiling Springs, Ernie Smith, he was on the thing the, the whole time. And, uh, you know, we're, we're uh, uh, Star Trek is a co-sponsor to the car, and he's got newer stuff and better stuff, so he's looking for a lot. But here shortly we're going to talk to him. But he's, he's the hometown guy that, I mean, this here has got a sponsor. And they putting people in the stands, and it's anyway a good local guy trying real hard and doing good. And uh, we are going to have Ernie on pretty soon. He's a good friend of the show, and he does have a big Fox sticker on the back of his car. And I know, I know um, Greg Greg sponsors that car pretty much uh, on behalf of the radio station, and we're proud of it. And we got some pictures of it out in the lobby there, and what. From what I understand, he's got a new car, a new old car. So uh, we'll have him on in a couple of weeks to talk to us about it. And um, I'm working on something that I'm trying to sort of keep under wraps. But uh, it, it will be in conjunction with Indianapolis and when things uh, when we get a little closer to May. But um, I, I don't let the cat out of the bag yet. But I'm, there's a, a guy out there who I'm reaching out for, and I, I have been in contact with him, and he's a little reluctant to come on the show, and that's about all I'm going to say about it. But he he's is the history of the Indianapolis 500, and we'll uh, and, and early racing all together, and we will uh, I'll keep trying to get him to come on the show. Um, Greg Allen, we got about uh, seven minutes left. Well, I'd like to. I'd like for everybody to come on out here to Gaffney Speedway this afternoon. Support your local dirt track. Like I said, we're going to have that big super late mall race coming in here tomorrow. These boys will probably start coming in here early. Uh, hopefully, I-40 speed, I mean, I-40 interstate, which is mostly a speedway now. <laughs> On one lane speedway. One lane speedway. We got, uh, we got a lot of boys from up there in Tennessee, Indiana and stuff like that. You got Bloomquist and all of them. They've got to somehow. They've got to get down that road some to get to this racetrack. Is it what? Um, what did they do before I forty? Uh, I think they had I forty before these boys was. Is that know. right? Okay. 
All right. Well, yeah, and, and along that same line, let me say something because I work in Charlotte every other week, and um, it just happened to be we're on a, a week that I'm going and coming from Charlotte, and I'm telling you what. That construction area in Gaffney is a nightmare, and it's going to be a nightmare for years. And, um, I mean, I saw an accident yesterday. I, I had one January the 7th, the worst day of my life, um, because I had to drive my beat-up Mustang home and watch Clemson win the championship. But the, uh, the really, I saw an accident there yesterday uh, in the rain. It was an older lady. And somebody in this big Jeep had rammed her. And, uh, I mean, you could see her groceries and her pampers and uh, all of her luggage. I mean, it pushed the trunk all the way into the back seat. And it was raining. And it is just a mess. So be careful going to Cherokee Speedway or or any place you have to go. If you're going to run through uh, Gaffney, really from Spartanburg all the way to the state line pretty much. There's a gap there after where Gaffney Speedway is. It's uh, across the Broad River. And and until you get to that bridge right before the state line where they're doing a lot of construction on it, that's about the only breather you've got. But the, with the bad weather and the construction, it, it's just a terrible place to have to drive. And if you can take 29, take 29. And also, people, I guarantee you, a lot of these accidents that are happening in the, the construction area is from people getting anxious about being in the, in the traffic, trying to get where they're going, and they pick up their phone and start texting or checking messages, and the next thing you know, you're in the back of somebody's Mustang, or like you were saying yesterday, in the back of that lady. Please don't let yourself get distracted by, by while you're driving. Put your phone down. There's nothing so important. It won't wait a few minutes. No doubt, no doubt about it, that, but it has to be a tremendous stalling type situation with construction uh i always wait till perry gets back from charlotte but he's running so late and i thought well he's home by now and he was still in that mess and he said real quickly he said gregory i'm having enough trouble he said perry even has hands off and hands he said, free well, with the phone yeah and he said yeah perry said let me get out of this mess it's a nightmare, and call me here in a couple hours. But I thought he was supposed to been home, done been home. But they let us off at three thirty yesterday. I got home a little before six. So, uh, and that's normally that's an hour and fifteen minute drive. I can do it if I leave at four o'clock. I'm home by between uh, five fifteen and five thirty. Yeah. But yesterday it was it was a it was a nightmare. It, it it's, not, it's not going away. So, but anyway, that just happens to be all around where Cherokee Speedway is, and um, and with all those trailers and sports fans, and maybe a couple of them have had a, a beer or two. You know, it just uh, just be careful going through there because it's it's a mess. Yep, it's it's quite a mess. We uh we look on the app. There's an app on my daughter's telephone. If we see that there's a wreck, like you said, we jump off our Capians. We hit twenty nine. We're going the back way. It's uh. A lot of times on Saturday afternoon, it's not that crowded, but sometimes it is. <coughs> well, there's nothing wrong with 29. I mean, it, it's not bad. I mean, there's a lot of it that's only two lanes, but but I did go to Charlotte along. I know Bud Moore used to talk about the 29 stoplights just in in Gastonia. Yeah. Taking, taking 29, but uh, it's, uh, you know, it's something we're going to have to live with for quite a while. Yep. And, and like I said... You need to watch these old boys, these old big tractor and trailers out there. They are out there trying to make a living. These boys, 
dirt racing. They're trying their best to make a living, too. Well, also, the tractor trailers are telling them, and there's signs everywhere saying, stay in the left lane, which is the one, you know, obviously in the next to the temporary barricade. And uh, you look at the tire marks where they're bouncing off of that thing like it's the third turn at Darlington, the old third turn. Well, the reason they're telling them that is because last year, we was going over our truck and trailer. Something about that right-hand lane, there's a little offset over close to the shoulder of the road. And if them right rear side trailer tires get hung up in it, Danny's driving the truck up front. He is, he's got his hands full, Chris, trying. So eventually he jumps over in that left-hand lane. And like you said, people pull up beside of us and look up at us because, don't get me wrong, sometimes you got some of these hills over here, cowpins and stuff like that. There's another one over there at the Yellow Mall. It, oh, it's bad. That's where the big wreck was yesterday. Yeah. By the time by the time he's tried to get up there, they're running fifty five mile an hour, and these people won't run seventy. Yep. The, and there is a spot around Gastonia. We're talking about the. I don't need to tell you. I know Perry knows it. Uh, I'm not throwing off on Gastonia particular, other than red lights. But you got to remember, there's a lot of people up in that area aren't race fans. There's a lot of people that's going up and down the highway, you know, they're, they're things football or whatever. But, uh, over the years, Gastonia, because of the traffic cutting through, they, I don't, they don't give racers, racers a break. Well, right now, um, Gastonia is an oasis because, uh, there's no construction there and it's already finished and it's nice and wide, but gas, but, uh, but Gaffney is awful. Uh, so, you know, just be careful going through there. We've um, we've got good weather today, so uh, and actually it looks like um, for the first part of next week it's going to get cold. So all you peach farmers out there, you're going to have to I don't know what do they do get their smudge pots out or something because it's supposed to be 22 degrees I think Wednesday and the, there's already blossoms out there for all the peaches. Uh, they just kind of go with the flow right now. One quick note, just a correction. Talking about Ernie Smith with radio show sponsors, uh, the majority of the funding of that comes from my wife. Just like the ownership of that Mustang, it's mine. It's now it's hers. So anyway, but that's that's North Cole being married. Well, and uh, well, thanks for that look into your life there, Greg. We appreciate <laughs> we appreciate that. So, uh, well, there's a lot of racing this weekend on television, a lot of baseball, basketball. There's a lot of stuff going on. So uh, tomorrow's going to be a horrible, miserable, yucky day. So stay inside and watch some of it. And uh, 